0: Reverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to L.A. Talk
1: Radio. You're listening to State of the Arts with Michael Sterling and Andrew David James. Only on L.A. Talk Radio. Yes, you would be, and I am not Andrew David James. Who am I? Uh, well, I don't know, but you're much more fortunate to not be Andrew David James <laughs> really? man. that poor guy. Yeah. He's come to that, hasn't <laughs> you are Michael Sterling. I am Michael one Sterling. Yes. How you been? How the puppies? You have a good week. You know they're good. They are yeah. good. I was a little uh, under the weather
2: this week, but uh, and happy to 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 have the dogs there too because when you're spending that much time at home, you know, not feeling well, yeah, you've got two. Two
1: friends that will never leave your side. I don't feel that way about my children.
2: <laughs> oh, you don't? Please let me go to a hotel. Oh, it's oh,
1: <laughs> such beautiful, sweet so, I'll never forget the first time I was really sick once I had kids, and my daughter was two or three at that point, mm. and she brought me in a bowl of ice cream with all her Halloween candy poured into it and said, Daddy, I hope this makes you feel better. And I remember thinking, it won't, baby. <laughs> but the thought sure does. That, that would have made her feel better, I think. <laughs> but it was so sweet. It was so kind. She made me a concoction. Did so, she end up eating it herself? No, no, no. <laughs> no. One bite of that would have probably sent anybody into a diabetic coma. I'm but sure. Daddy fake ate it and hid it under the bed until I was well enough to go and dispose of it. It was a pretty gnarly concoction, but the thought was certainly as sweet as. Can How be. old is she again? I'm sorry, I forget. Like 24, I think now. Oh, well. She's actually eight, but she's <laughs> yeah. going on 24. She's in second grade, and man, I tell you, the the uh, the way these girls are growing up now—they know all this stuff about just you know driving and talking. All these, a very composed little girl. I had her at school the. Other other day for her science fair project, right. and she used words that I had to look up on my phone. I was like, "Hold on, what does that mean?" They're learning so quick at that age; they're like a sponge. So it's and a good thing of driving. Tell tell the audience what uh, she said to you about driving. My daughter, when she was younger, had decided that uh, she didn't think that it was fair that young people couldn't drive, and she decided it was a form of discrimination <laughs> that young people couldn't drive. She didn't say it exactly those words, but she definitely decided that this wasn't fair because it was only based on age. And you find as a father that. You don't want to discourage that. You're like, that's right. Don't try it, but you're absolutely right. So, Yeah, that was and then, interesting. But she said something very specifically that she wanted to. And you, what was your answer? She that? said, uh, she said, daddy. I think that I want to try to drive, and I think that I should go ahead and try today. And I said, "Sweetie, I think it's a great idea for you to want that, but you're not doing it on Daddy's cars." So. <laughs> but it's funny how kids do think that they can do anything. It's a great thing to see. So, did Michael, you did you ever in your lifetime drive a car when you weren't old enough to drive? Oh it? yes, you did. I got myself in some big trouble. Actually, I had a couple of cool experiences. One, my uncle let me drive his tractor for a while which was always fun because I would hit the fence and he didn't care. Hard it was to like real life like bumper though. cars. Yeah, yeah, that's right, exactly. <laughs> um, but I did one time, I didn't actually drive it, of course, but I did one time get behind the wheel of the car when my dad was working in the garage and uh, I think I started pushing the pedals or something and, and working on the steering wheel. My dad turned around and gave me a look that was like, certain things we don't joke about, Andrew. <laughs> and I learned that very quickly. Did you hear the story about the toddler? Uh, I guess it wasn't a toddler. It was a, a young boy whose sister was a toddler. She wanted to go to McDonald's and the mom or the dad was asleep and the little boy took the car keys and drove through the McDonald's drive-thru. He was 8 or 9 and got through the drive-thru and the people in the drive-thru called the police I think a neighbor had seen them too, but it was on CNN last week. Wait so. a minute. He drove from their home yeah. to McDonald's? Got in their car. He was, I think he was eight, maybe nine. Did you hear the story, Eddie? Yeah, yeah, Our yeah. guests are nodding here. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> it's like, and I think I thank goodness that my little kids are either not courageous enough to do that or smart enough not to do that. I'm not sure which I mean, one it, it is. Well, but, but then but again, he was smart enough to be able to do it's that. It's terrifying. I mean, I mean, right? That I mean, story is good because it turned out okay. Yeah, but I mean, right. my goodness, the disaster that could have been. And you realize how we're all one step away from disaster on this planet. <laughs> (laughs) I turn on the 405, and there's an 8-year-old waiting there to merge with me. So, (laughs) Yeah, that was an amazing story. Check that out on CNN. It turns out very well, so I guess it's a happy story. Boy, oh, boy. Michael, how come even when you're under the weather, you look better than I do? That's not cool, man. Yeah, it's the lighting. You're looking great today, man. So did you see any theater this past week? I did not. I no. was at the Center Theater Group and yes. saw Into the Woods. But they have a special Fantastic. event coming up, yes, right? Yes, they do have a Can special Can you tell event me a little here. bit about that? It's this a, is something very
2: exciting. It is. This is for anyone who has ever appeared in a production of Into the Woods. And this current uh, uh, performance that is at the Amundsen Theater... Excuse me, is it at the? Yes, at the Amundsen Theater is very special because it is uh, coming from a, a highly uh, critically acclaimed production uh, back east, and it's, it's made its way out here, so we're so happy to see it. But anyone who has ever appeared in this show, meaning into the woods, anywhere, and if, obviously it's for Los Angeles you are being invited to attend the May 13th matinee performance and you will be able to purchase one ticket and get one free using a special promotional code it takes 2 mm-hmm. spelled out it takes 2 and you will be part of a um, a revelation of people who have been in this show and they are all congregating on that particular day from the likes of Zachary Ford and Helen Geller and Karen Culliver, Terry Bibb, Kim Huber. These are names in our community and beyond that are certainly uh, very viable uh, musical theater performers. John Rubenstein, uh, Brent Schindel, Leslie Stevens, who is a 3D theatrical uh, sensation of a choreographer and an actress and a singer herself. Robert Yakko, so many people. Jordan Lamoureux, uh, Bets Malone, Tracy Rowe, Mutz. Mutz, is that, that? So. Yes, it is, kind of and uh, Row Rauwader, Rowad- Rauwader, Rauwader. Thank nice. you. They were in the same show—the so same show that we were in, right? Like <laughs> Ragtime, which I was not in. I was just handling the
1: publicity for it for three D theatricals.
0: And support,
2: Cameron yeah. Zemka. Uh, So And more. Uh, So isn't that cool, right?
1: And, of course, there are huge names that have done that show. Meryl Streep, Bernadette Pierce. I mean, these people did this show. Uh, This show holds special significance for me because it was a show I met my wife doing. I was her spotlight operator for filling scholarship hours in a show directed by John Engstrom, and my wife was playing Rapunzel. So now whenever okay. she starts gabbing at me too much, I just go, oh. So uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I told her she didn't forget a single line during that song. So. <laughs> it's interesting. This show, I think it reaches so far, and so many people have fallen in love with this show. I, I can't hear the word agony without thinking of the song Agony these days. So what a fantastic opportunity to get out there, get a buy one, get one free for the Center Theater Group. That is pretty amazing. And
2: what so. you do to do that, ladies and gentlemen, is call 213-972-4400, or you can can go online at centertheatergroup.org or visit uh, Center Theater Group box office located at the Amundsen Theater. Tickets range from $25 to $125 and are subject to a facility charge. Uh, the Amundsen Theater is, of course, located at the Los Angeles Music Center on Grand Avenue in downtown Los Angeles,
1: so check it out. And if you do that, ladies and gentlemen, parking down there is $9. bucks. you are not going to get down there and charge 22 bucks for parking. You go into their garage. It's a full uh, garage you can easily get into. It doesn't fill up, and you can get down there and park for $9. Have a great night out. It's a really great place to see some theater. Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, we have a musical extravaganza of a show today, don't we, Mike? That is definitely true,
2: <laughs> and in perfect three-part harmony, I might add. Let's welcome Ashley Marie, Eddie. Egan and Debrion Poema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go.
1: Our audience is a little bit delayed.
2: Well, they were buying tickets. That's what right. they were. They all yeah. were on
1: their cell phones calling the Center Theater Group. <laughs> <laughs> well, we obviously look forward to talking to the three of you in just a moment. But before we do that, Michael, let's thank our sponsor. Absolutely. We'd like to thank, ladies and gentlemen, our sponsor,
2: Breakdown Services, the entertainment industry standard used around the world, providing the most professional means to reach talent agents as well as actors when casting a project. To learn more about
1: Breakdown Services, visit Breakdown Express. We'd also like to acknowledge PerformingArtsLive.com, one of the Internet's most prominent listing sources for the live arts in Southern California. We're grateful to Performing Arts Live for lending their support to State of the Arts. Give them a little applause. Absolutely. Let's do that. A couple great sponsors. That's for you, Mike Napoli. <laughs> well, obviously, we are so honored here to be sponsored by Breakdown Services and Performing Arts Live, and all the other people who've supported this show. But more than that, Michael, these are two invaluable resources for going out and finding out about the amazing shows that are going on here in Southern California. Breakdown Services has so many new casting opportunities, so many great things, uh, and obviously, Performing Arts Live is really the definitive place to find out about what's going on. And speaking of going on, Michael, going's on. We have an amazing guest that we need to move right to. Shall we do that? I think we. Should. Our All first right.
2: guest, ladies and gentlemen, was most recently seen as the mistress in Evita at Musical Theatre West and has also been a part of their Rainer uh, Reiner, perhaps it is, I think. Reiner staged reading series in Little Abner on the 20th Century and The Boys from Syracuse. Uh, the credits include Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz,
1: Isabel in The Pirates of Penzance, and Wendy in Peter Pan. She now appears in the role of Maria as she marks her debut performance with McCoy Rigby, La Mirada Theater, and their fantastic production of West Side Story, playing now at La Mirada Theater. Please give a big welcome to the lovely and very talented Ashley Marie. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Now, this is obviously your first performance with McCoy Rigby, but not your first time playing Maria. Is no, that right? <laughs> Where I else wanna... have you done the show?
3: Uh, I've done it three times. The first was uh, with a smaller company in Riverside. Uh, Riverside performance California. Riverside? No, actually... Um, Riverside Repertory Theater, and they usually perform
1: in the box above. Oh the yes! Fox what? Theater. Wait, above the what?
3: Above the fox. It's Theater. the box above the fox. Mm-hmm. Have yes. they ever done Doctor Seuss <laughs> no. there? No, surprisingly not. Do
1: not all. eat it with the fox. <laughs> 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 I do not like green eggs and ham, but I loved this show. That's yes, great, fantastic. <laughs> that's right. How have they not yes, done that? Oh my goodness! Then. Well, that's yeah. fantastic. That was my
3: first time there. And where else? And then um, a little over a year ago at Musical Theater West. Cool.
1: That's right. Mm -hmm. I
2: did not get to see that production, unfortunately, but I certainly saw the production at Valley Music.
1: uh, Excuse me, Valley Performing Arts Center. Valley Performing
2: Arts Center. Yeah. How spectacular! Oh my gosh!
1: (laughs) Seriously. You're so lucky. He had said yes. What if he'd been like, nope? Well, it's uh, it's
2: an American classic. (laughs) I mean, it is. It is what it is. You can from the very. We've said this on this show before in talking about it. In the past, but from the moment the lights go down and the very first note that the orchestra plays, yeah. it is so right there, and mm-hmm. people are just uh, in—I think—musical uh, theater heaven when that starts. And being at the Valley Performing Arts Center, which is one of the most spectacular venues in Los Angeles, and certainly sound-wise, because we always praise them and thank them for having the best sound—they
1: really do—in
2: yeah. this city. And it was just a very special treat. And they're new to musical theater. This is just their second season of even having it in the theater. So it it was a spectacular evening. I felt completely absorbed by everything in this kind of refreshed production that Richard uh, Israel put together. And he is one of my favorite directors. This guy does no wrong with me. So... Uh, I loved your performance. You were beautiful. You were Thank cast you so perfectly. You couldn't have acted it more uh, than you did. And it was a perfect balance between you and you, Eddie, as far as your character of Tony. And I think the take on it was very, the, the perceptual take by Richard on how your interactions were and, and uh, you know, in the fact of your, your love for each other, it was very different than I've seen it before. Oh, absolutely! And it came from a different place. That's mm-hmm. why. And you were more in charge, <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> Miss <think> Maria.
3: So. <laughs> 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 yeah, it's interesting. I mean, having done it a few times, I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to find, you know, a fresh something tea new and fresh. Home. Yeah, yes, yeah. And uh, Richard has definitely challenged me for sure. Um, I. I mean, probably the easiest part about this entire process was just already knowing the lines and the <laughs> music because uh, there were scenes and songs that used to be cake. for me. And Richard pulled me aside and said, nope, we're going to change it all. Your entire perspective in a different way. And
1: it was a huge challenge. Bang, freshness, first day. There you go. (laughs)
3: Absolutely,
1: yes. Well, and obviously, McCoy Rigby has such a wonderful reputation, and Valley Performing Arts Center, where this started out, is such a beautiful space. They're very different spaces, though, at La Morado versus Valley Performing Arts. Is that correct? What was it like to change spaces? Did you feel like you were on a completely different tour when you moved into the new space? Oh,
3: yes. Um, The VPAC is massive. And we were just talking, about it you couldn't even see the background. right (laughs) Right. and here at La Mirada uh, it's much more intimate Um, when we're up on the balcony we're on the same level as as the balcony in the audience and it's it's just a different feeling when you're so much closer
1: yeah
3: it's wonderful I I actually prefer smaller intimate spaces but I mean the v-pack is gorgeous but I do I'm enjoying my time at La Mirada lovely
1: that's great obviously you're playing one of the iconic roles in American theater do you ever take a moment and just stop and think that Stephen Sondheim worked on this project and didn't write the music isn't that insane (laughs) and you just write the words isn't that a great thing to think about there was so much talent in that room that all he had to do was write the lyrics for me that's always been one of those things where history kind of cross sects and you realize how many talented people there are And, and every now and then you get one where these talents come together to create something so special yeah. Do you know
2: there there was uh, of course in the more recent revival of West Side Story there was a little bit of controversy uh that I never understood that was going on with with the the people who call themselves elite uh, musical theater aficionados, et cetera. Right. it was the fact that there was Spanish being spoken mm-hmm. in this show. I thought Yeah? What's wrong? Right. With yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what that's what New York is, is what we're talking about. Puerto Rico
0: realistically, Good the Puerto Lord. would be <laughs> so exactly each other. Yes.
2: And um We, the very first show of this program almost seven years ago, in this seat sat Carol Lawrence, and she was what she, you know, she is the epitome of of Maria since she created Mm -hmm. that role on Broadway. And she was very puzzled, too. That's, I mean, we had a whole conversation about that. She couldn't imagine why anybody would have, you know, been objecting yeah. but the little that was in the show in your production I thought was certainly appropriate and, and it right. felt good and it wasn't uh, uh, I, I think there was more in the in the Broadway revival but oh, this was just fine you know so it all worked out I guess in the end but oh,
3: definitely yeah. I, mean, I appreciated it very much I understood I know the audiences it almost created kind Of a a block, right? Right, they couldn't understand, but uh, it was beautiful and realistic, and I appreciated it very much. It's
2: a sad comment on our society, actually, because we should all be speaking Spanish, seriously. (laughs) I agree, right? It should be
3: (laughs)
1: the way, and I grew up
3: uh, speaking Spanish, very
1: nice. Well,
2: it's it's definitely the second language, and Mm -hmm. certainly here in Southern California. The thing is that most people who live in other countries around the world speak English Mm -hmm. and their own. You know, native language So, and we're so lazy as Americans that we don't take the time to do that for them.
1: Well now here we are we're talking about the show West Side Story which is put up by McCoy Rigby Entertainment at the La Mirada Theater and this is running April 21st through May 14th uh, that's Wednesday and Thursday at 7.30pm, Friday at 8pm and Saturdays at 2pm and 8pm and then of course a Sunday matinee at 2pm uh, and this is, this is a great chance to go see one of the greatest American musicals of all time in a really great space with a wonderful cast that's through May 14th. And as the uh, the press information says, very boldly, powerful,
2: poignant, and timely as ever. Yeah, Yeah, but I put that on my business cards too, so, you know.
1: Really? Really? (laughs) You will get lots of work with that The easiest way to go get tickets, and they range from $20 to $70, is to call the box office at 562-944-9801, or you can just order online, just Google McCoy Rigby Entertainment, and you'll find West Side Story. So you have uh,
2: an opportunity to uh, talk back, uh, do talk back sessions uh, with the cast on Wednesdays. So you're doing one, uh, you just did one yesterday, right? And coming up, the second one is on May 10th. Mm -hmm. That's kind of cool. Are the people just bombarding you with questions, or how does that work?
3: Um, You know, we actually had kind of a a small little group last night, but they had wonderful questions, and uh, we met, a young lady, oh, what was her name? Oh, goodness. She, she looked to be about uh, 10 or 11 years old. Um, it was her very first live performance wow. ever. Um, she had just been adopted by this family a week prior, mm-hmm. and it was just an incredible experience to Fantastic. have her get up and talk to us. So it's, it's moments like that that I think these talkbacks uh, are really, really worth What was she asking
2: you in particular?
3: Um, Just when we started acting, when we started singing, how we got into it. So um, I know she was just starting to... Oh, no, she's in high school, I think, now. At 10 years old? (laughs) 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 definitely got the age wrong.
1: Somebody snatch (laughs) her up. She's (laughs) smart. (laughs) 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 Dang, she can come in and cover (laughs) for us. (laughs) That's right.
3: Um, She she mentioned she was in high school drama, and that's what she wanted to do with her life, um, which I understand... uh, What Tom told us, our producer, he said that she was coming from a very rough home life and had just been adopted, so this could well have saved her life
1: you know we talk about it on the show so much how the arts have a, a sort of cathartic feel to where you can get into the involved in the arts and no matter what's been in your past you have a chance to work through that one way or the other so many people who are the greatest talents we know come from a hurt or an injured background and theater's therapeutic uh, and it's something that certainly allows you to work through a lot of own personal issues while improving yourself which is such a great thing and
2: to that recently we had a, a young man uh, uh, a musical theater performer mm-hmm. here uh, by the name of Scott Damian mm-hmm. you might know Scott and uh, he stuttered as a child, badly as a child. But when he found the arts,
1: that's what helped him be able to overcome the stuttering and and take it through his adulthood. Scott's, of course, at the Colony Theater now, and they're uh, they're getting their new season up and running. If you get a chance to check them out, Scott speaks very eloquently about how stuttering was so much of a problem because there was nothing that he could do about it. There was no organization to help him stop stuttering. He just kind of had to figure it right. out on his own, right. and the arts came to his rescue and uh, certainly has a great speaking voice now. So it's a, it was a wonderful thing to hear his confidence and how all that improved through overcoming that. It's amazing what the arts yeah. can do. That's absolutely right. Very true. Which
2: brings to mind the fact that uh, they're being threatened once again, of course, on all of the funding for the arts, and it's extraordinary. And... um, yeah, I can't even go there.
1: Never more but, important time, though, to get out and go see a theater. Like we yeah. always say on this show, Michael, Absolutely. like you're famous for saying, get up off the couch. Go see a live production somewhere. You'll benefit from it. Your family will benefit from it. It's certainly a great, great thing. Ashley Marie, what's your favorite part about playing Maria? I mean, it's <laughs> such a huge role. Do you have one thing that you just every night you're like, oh, I get to do this?
3: Um, Goodness. As for... Musical numbers, I have so much fun doing I Feel Pretty. (laughs) (laughs) Shock of shocks. Um, I I adore Maria. Um,
1: You seem like you've gotten to know her quite well, yeah? Very well,
3: yes. And uh, I'm very similar, we're very similar people, um, so I understand her. So uh, I think I love um, getting to. Feel everything that she feels so deeply every night because she feels everything within a day. Yeah. You know, it's it's love and anger and hurt and uh, getting to feel that all of the time. It's exhausting, sure, but. Um, feeling alive and being human right yeah but it certainly
1: is life affirming despite the tragedy in the story and on top of that of course Mm -hmm. you have the greatest writer in history shakespeare's story combined with one of the greatest composers of all time combined with one of the greatest lyricists of all time that's got to be a lot of pressure for a cast to really do this well because it's been done so many times before but when you hit it boy there's nothing better than west side story well and also the company of people who are in
2: in the production itself i mean just make it Radiate. I mean, it's really. And I told you before we went on the air. Um, uh, this show is very friendly with Justin
1: Michael Wilcox. Of course, <laughs> and um, most <coughs> people don't like him, of course. But here on the show, we <laughs> he's the one best. of the rare doesn't have many friends. That Justin <laughs> and, Michael Wilcox and he plays he? <laughs> action in the show. <laughs> of course,
2: and uh, he, his performance alone was so refreshing to me. It was. Oh, yeah. I've never seen this side of him. However, mm-hmm. in ah. all the things I've seen him do, it's been. Mm-hmm. You know completely opposite so I was happy to see this yeah. yeah, He's a
1: funny man. He keeps us going when he comes on this show. He can do it all, can't he? Well, ladies and gentlemen, now our next guest in studio is a veteran of La Mirada, having previously appeared in their Next to Normal production as Gabe and in Pride and Prejudice. His previous roles include, just to name a few, a vocalist in the Radio City, music, uh, in the Radio City Christmas Spectacular, Jamie in the last five years at the Shadowland Theater, and both Chris in Miss Saigon and Freddie in My Fair Lady at Flat Rock Playhouse. He
2: has also appeared as Gabe in Next to Normal at San Diego Musical Theater, Tom, excuse me, Tom, uh, musical theater. <laughs> <didn't know> that. <laughs> can't buy him in the mail, man. Uh, Tommy in The Who's Tommy at Moonlight Amphitheater, Henrik in A Little Night Music at White Plains uh, Pacific Arts uh, Performing Arts Center, and now returns to the La Mirada stage as Tony in West Side Story. Ladies and gentlemen, the talented Eddie Egan. <laughs> <clears throat>
1: Eddie, Eddie. I, I'm so sorry we had to sit you between these two beautiful women today. I know you're hating that over oh, there, man. That's the worst. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. You know, it's so funny. Tony, to me, I, you know, there's a lot of great parts in, in West Side Story, but Tony, to me, is the one where if you do it right, it's so rewarding because Tony really does nothing wrong in this show. He's a victim of his circumstance, and I feel that so deeply for him because this was a rough time to grow up in New York City, wasn't it?
4: Oh, yeah. It was, it was you know, the, the city was going through a lot of uh, a lot of change uh, and and you know with with the way the urban development was taking place, a lot of people were just watching their neighborhoods kind of disappear or turn into, you know, uh, rubble waiting to be something else. Mm-hmm. right. So was, there was um I think there was this deep um, need to really hold hold your territory. Uh, and you know a lot of these kids really felt that too, because that was where they hung out, and they saw it every day. You know, kind of being encroached upon, uh, and it's so hard
1: to grow up and become a man in that situation where you're trapped by childish circumstance. You know, the feelings of gangs are, are no problem if you have the strength and the courage to stand up and walk away. But childhood allegiance, his friendship with Riff, I, uh, Shakespeare captured that so beautifully with R and J, and saying that, hey, look, part of this is just too much feeling, which is adolescence. You know.
4: Yeah, and and it's you know it's one of those things, you know, when you're going through adolescence and when you feel like you belong somewhere. Um, it, it takes a lot of maturity, and in, in Tony's case, you know, he, he he does find that maturity to say, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. You know, I love these guys, I love these people, but there's something else. Um, yeah. But a lot of these, a lot of those kids didn't have that uh, opportunity or that awakening until you know it might have been too late for some of them. So, right.
2: Yeah. Right. But I I bring up uh, Richard's uh, perception of the role for you. There's a lot of. Of innocence in your portrayal of this?
4: Yeah, that's one of the things that um, I think surprised me when we started working on it—to to kind of see, at the end of the day, while he wants to do good things with his life, there's still a a lack of of maturity and a lack of Mm -hmm. real understanding about the real world. And it's interesting that you know the younger uh, and you would think maybe a little less worldly-wise character of Maria is actually. Kind of driving the the ship of reality uh, hmm. for a lot of the show. You know, we when we started really looking at the text, we realized there was this pattern of of Tony's head drifting up into the clouds, and Maria kept, keeps dragging him back down. Mm-hmm. You know, have you thought about this? You should be careful. Don't talk so loud. You know, um, so <laughs> <laughs> it's normal. Just stuff she says at home. You know, yeah, you know, yeah. It carries off stage too. You know, she's so like, hey, shut up. Um, no, um, never. So, so it was really. I I had my preconceptions about the character kind of flipped uh, on their head um, pretty often Um, and yeah it was was fun to kind of find that that innocence and kind of naivete that's easy to I, I think maybe miss.
2: Let's talk about your singing and your vocals and the thrill of, of singing this particular score. And See
1: whenever somebody says that to me I get nervous but I guess for you that's probably a good thing <laughs> that we're going to talk about that <laughs> isn't it? Yes. It's good Eddie I like that. Well <laughs> it's uh, he's
2: got a, an exquisite voice Absolutely, first of all. Yeah, He's a I wonderful think. actor. It's all just so perfect and, and when you start uh, you know Maria and is that in particular I was talking about first. I, it's just what? Yeah. Where? Who, first of all, who
1: is he? Where yeah. is where does this man come from? This guy. Beautiful work. Oh, Beautiful work. Can so you tell us a little and, bit about that? Where did you come from?
4: Um, well, I grew up. In uh, in New Jersey <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I guess I guess I'm technically still a bridge and tunnel New Yorker uh, yeah I, I grew up in New Jersey and uh, I've lived in in the city uh, of New York I know we're in LA mm. because I have to be careful the meaning of the city is different uh, yeah. so uh, yeah I've lived in the city for about seven years uh, yeah
2: and so that you, you probably use some of that right in your
4: yeah well it's, it's funny um Tony's always felt kind of natural on me because he has this kind of just everyman quality to him. Um, and, you know, the way these guys speak, um, I feel like I kind of grew up in and around that, hmm. you know, that that tri-state area <laughs> environment. Uh, so So it wasn't too hard to kind of to kind of go there with that. You're saying
1: you enjoy a good slice on occasion.
2: <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's indigenous to that part of the country, that, that that circle that you're talking about. And I would think if it wasn't there, people would say, "What? Wait, where am I? Where I came I mean that's part of the landscape mm-hmm. and it's sure. part of the a charm about it too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, New York is New York is New York, and it's uh, an amazing city, and it has a lot of great qualities. And I actually include that, you know, that uh, being in the Bronx and New Jersey and all of that. Lovely. Uh, but really, you're, you were so beautifully cast in this, and it was just thrilling to, to hear you sing. And of course, Ashley, I'm saying that about you too. I mean, the combination <laughs> of the. <laughs>
1: uh, of the uh, but which Julia. one did you think was prettier is the real question. That's well. <laughs> what it comes down to. <laughs> yeah, it's so funny to watch Tony because our, in Romeo and Juliet, you, I always leave Romeo and Juliet going, man, Romeo's such a whiner. You know, but I don't feel that way about Tony. I always feel like Tony was a little bit. Uh, more well realized in his writing and that his conflict is much more understandable to me than Romeo's Mm -hmm. Uh, probably because I always play Tybalt or Mercutio so maybe that's why I don't (laughs) like Romeo that much but um, I think Mm -hmm. it's interesting when you you look at West Side's story that Tony did get modernized he had to to make him palatable to a modern male I think that's very true Mm -hmm. yeah so
2: do you have a particular process as an actor that, you know, given a great director like Richard, that you, you take what he is giving to you, and uh, do you ever question him, by the way?
1: Um, Depends on how big the paycheck is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just talking about Richard. Here. Well,
4: yeah, I, I mean, this, this was a very collaborative process. I mean, it kind of had to be because we were kind of s- stripping away the preconceptions about what the show is, yeah. and really just going back to the text. So we all we're having new and exciting ideas as, as, as it went on. Um, and to Richard's credit, he was, he was very open to us kind of saying, Hey, I I know what you're saying here, but, um, I, I, you know, I was thinking about this for the scene and you know, we got to have a lot of fun, um, in a nice, safe environment uh, to kind of experiment. Well,
2: see, that's the sign of a stuff. good director, a great yeah, director, yeah. actually, who gives that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know freedom. T.J. Dawson, I think, does that as well and it uh, at 3D Theatricals, and, and it's why you end up with something like this on the stage, because you are part of that. Mm-hmm.
1: You know? And Mr. Israel, he delivers such quality on a consistent basis. You know that his process works. That's got to be very reassuring as a cast member to know that this works. It always works so well. Absolutely. So, yeah. Definitely.
2: Is there an opportunity or a chance it's going to tour beyond uh, Los Angeles? I mean, I, I know that some of uh, Tom and uh, Kathy's shows go to Japan.
4: We have not heard any of them. It's not been confirmed. Oh, right. I see. <laughs> um, yeah, we, 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 would, we would love to. Love uh, it's such a great group. Um,
3: and oh, know, yeah. yeah.
4: Everyone's put a lot of work on this show, so hopefully, hopefully it won't be the end of it. But, you know, you have to brace yourself for it to be. It's true.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, being that they have done it and uh, it can always be pulled out and sent at some other time if it doesn't happen, you know, now, but I'd sure like to see that happen
1: for you all.
3: Oh, yes. <laughs> Us too. Yeah. Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen. I know that I've bonded so closely with the <laughs> cast before. Yeah. Yes. This
1: seems like a very close cast. Yeah. It, yeah. And it
4: was yeah. kind of this immediate, immediate thing. The, the room the room felt pretty special from uh, from early on. From day one. That's great. And yeah.
1: Well, the show we are talking about is West Side Story, and again, it runs at the La La Mirada Theater. That's uh, put up by McCoy Rigby Entertainment, who has such a wonderful reputation and always does such quality work, and it's uh, running now April 21st through May 14th, so tickets are $20 to $70, certainly a very affordable show. Uh, It really is a great chance to go see one of the most iconic American musicals of all time. Absolutely. Shall we introduce our next guest? Last but most certainly not least, ladies and gentlemen, our next guest makes her debut at Cabrillo Music Theater as Dolores Van Cattier in their first production of 2017 in the raucous and rocking audience favorite sister act.
2: The, she received her master's degree in acting from the Actors Studio Drama, excuse me, Actors Studio Drama School in New York. Her credits include Aida in Aida, Sarah in Ragtime. A beautiful job, I might add. Mm. Beautiful show. Mm-hmm. And a beautiful, beautiful evening. Coretta Scott King in Martin. Duty calls. Portia in The Merchant of Venice. Ka- Kayla. Kala. Kala. Kala, excuse me, in Tarzan. As really in Once on This Island. She joins us today to tell us a little more about Cabrillo's latest must-see production, Sister Act. We are privileged to welcome today the incomparable... Debrion Poema
1: Oh, <laughs> I love you Welcome Debrion. good to see you What's These are some iconic roles Wow, I mean, Sarah in Ragtime Aida, do you ever stop working Or have you just been non-stop working since you were four years old?
0: Well, not since four But, but it, it has been a, a very nice couple of years yeah. Being able to do some of these Incredible roles
1: with great groups too it looks like. Yes. Yeah. Now when do what do you have a favorite show? I mean to date if anything you've state done, of the arts with Michael Sterling and oh, David James. That's oh, her favorite good. show. I didn't know if she's
0: I, w- <laughs> I would have to say that it definitely is Dolores and Sister Act. Really? Um I, I have been quoted now, uh, saying it over the last several weeks. I said, I am living the dream right now. <laughs> That's I'm great. living the dream. <laughs>
2: It uh, certainly has its moments. And uh, what's not to like about it? The movie was so amazing. And that's what I like about it, because this show actually is quite true to the film, I think.
0: Yes, it it takes... It really does go from, from the film itself, but um, it's all original music. None of the music that was in the film is hmm. in the musical itself. Yeah. Um, and the time period is changed to the 1970s so that uh, the complete score of the music is all disco-based. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's got that nice 70s groove. Yeah. <laughs>
2: very, very nice 70s groove. Is it something that you ever, that you wanted always wanted to play and it just kind of came your way. I,
0: I actually didn't know about it being made into a musical, to be honest. And um, it came into my life uh, a year ago, mm-hmm. and um, I've been fortunate to now play it three times in a oh year, gosh, year. You played
1: it three times in a year. Yes. Well, did you just, did you just walk it? around in the habit all the time? Just for <laughs> <laughs> well, she's gotten in the habit. That's right. I <laughs> have
0: uh, the first time I played it uh, was uh, last uh, spring early summer at Moonlight uh, at the yeah Theater in Vista and uh, Steve Glaudini yes <laughs> and then I was able uh, to uh, play the role again at uh, Candlelight Pavilion in Claremont nice and now here I am in Thousand Oaks with Cabrillo Music Theater
2: oh lovely that's great and Will North our friend is uh, at the helm of uh, Cabrillo Music Theater yes. right now and he's, he's made some of these nice lovely changes and the way that they're doing shows, so that's awesome.
1: And I imagine that it is completely... Sell- I'm here it's like selling out. Is, it's doing is that very true? well. It's yeah. doing very well. I heard yes. great things about the opening. And obviously in talking to Will, you know how dedicated he is to getting everybody who lives anywhere near the theater to come <laughs> see these <any> shows. <laughs> and rightfully so, So it should be. That group of people on the board, certainly our friends Ray and Cindy Murray, uh, Ray Mastrovito and, and Cindy Murray, and of course the, Will North, are really dedicated to bringing super high-quality theater to Thousand Oaks, California, serving places like Ventura, Oxnard where you can't get out to la Mirada quite as easily so if you're up in that area this is a great chance to really go see an amazing show the reports I heard from opening night were really amazing so, yeah yeah did your family come see you
0: yes my uh, parents were there for opening night and they will be coming again this weekend so <laughs> again yes they'll come
2: they come twice yes
0: <laughs> my, my, my mom says I have to come twice anytime she does of anything. of course
2: she <laughs> does. do you buy com- do, can you compare to the other productions does it does it take the spot or or is it you've had just a unique experience in all of them.
0: Each time it's been uniquely different and I I like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I was actually thinking about that uh, the other day talking to Will North about it saying that I've been fortunate that every time that I've played the role that it's been in a completely different venue. Uh, the first time uh, at Moonlight it was an amphitheater. So mm. as I was standing on the stage so I different. was able to to look out and see people and bunnies and deer <laughs> hopping along the grass. <laughs> late in the evening, <laughs> and uh, the second time uh, was at Candlelight, which was a dinner theater, mm-hmm. and so that was a completely different experience, as people <laughs> sure. are eating and enjoying right. the show, and now...
2: They're uh, eating during the show?
0: Uh, yes, they eat before, or before. They, they have their dinner, yeah. but th- they still have things on on the table. So they don't rush the food out of yeah. <laughs> <A> little <laughs> no. half
1: of a bagel and sitting then, over there. And
0: then you know, <laughs> yeah. there's like intermission. There's dessert and coffee and things like that. So see, Dolores actually, is the type of
1: character you might be able to sneak a dessert in there and just work it into the show. Oh, that's I
0: mean, that's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And Fantastic. then um, this time around uh, to be at Cavley uh, Theater in in Thousand Oaks, which is an eighteen hundred seat theater, and just it's it's amazing. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Dolores it's has a gotten big to stage. see some places. Yeah, <laughs> yes, <indeed. laughs> Well, it's
1: obviously a great place to see a show and if you want to see, see a show at the anywhere at the Thousand Oaks Civic Arts Plaza, we definitely encourage you to do that. There's a beautiful Shear Forum right next to it. Easiest way to get tickets for this show and why don't you go ahead and get out a pen and write this number down if you can. 800-745-3000 800-745-3000 Call up and get tickets for Sister Act uh, They'll know right where you're at they'll, they'll give you directions to the theater. It's a really friendly box office and an easy way to go see a show in Thousand Oaks, California.
2: Or they can call Cabrillo Music Theater at that's right and the show runs through this month uh, at the end of this
1: month April 30th correct my goodness how exciting! Will will uh, you going to be out there right this weekend? I definitely will try to do yeah. that. I've uh, I've got obviously we've got other shows we have to see this yep. weekend, but I'm really looking forward to this. everything. Cabrillo does is such a positive theater going experience. You get out there, you enjoy yourself, and everybody's so friendly. Everybody from that audience stands out and talks to you after the show. Mm-hmm. So I will expect to see my good buddy David Gilcrest there and uh, Mark Kurt Mark Mark Kurt Grant. <laughs> It's Any, David all, Kirk David Kirkman, All these David people Kirkland. with three first names. Andrew David James can't remember, and I'm telling you. It's so funny to talk to those people because i will shake their hands, and they all have so much to say and so many wonderful things to kind of tell you about Cabrillo and what's going on up there. You know, I want to ask, um, Debrion, when did you know that you
2: wanted to do what you're doing?
0: Um, Acting-wise, uh, oddly enough, I was eight years old, (laughs) and it was a random Saturday morning, and uh, my mom and I always used to watch the television show Gidget, Mm. and I loved Sally Field. Mm -hmm. I thought that she was just the funniest person in the world. She still is, yeah. (laughs) uh, Do you know that I dated her? Did you? I
2: did. I have (laughs) the photo.
1: (laughs) I want everybody to know I'm holding jokes back right now. (laughs) (laughs) Do
2: you know how we met? I was... The Bachelor on The Dating Game. Is that true? And Sally was one of the three oh, girls, wow. and she was starring in Gidget at that time. Oh, Michael! And? Let me just touch your hand. I <laughs> chose her, not realizing who she was. But was I, she, I was
1: totally into her. She you know? was who she is at that time, right? I mean, she was well-known? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, she and she was, was, oh in Gidget. Wow. So and uh, <laughs> I'll send you. In fact, I'll send you a, a photo. Put me
2: on yes. that email. Thank I want to see Thank that.
1: You. Is there film of it? Can we find the tape of it? Yeah, email? I know the episode's out there somewhere. I'm going to YouTube that immediately. It. I wish my computer yep. was up here. That's great.
0: <laughs> But as I was saying, oh, no,
1: no, I, I, the dating game up. So yeah, oh, fine. Um, it
0: was a random Saturday afternoon. Uh, my mom was was cleaning around the house, and as I Sally sat,
1: Field showed up at the door and said, "I just had this terrible date." No. I got it. <laughs> okay, all right. All right.
0: <laughs> no, I was sitting on the couch, and on television came Sybil. Wow. And I said, "Oh, mommy." At eight, eight years on. old. Yes. I said, oh, Gidget's on. And she said, "No, honey, that's not Gidget." And I convinced my mom, although I was very young, wow. to watch the, the, the movie. And she sat with me and she watched it so that she could talk to me about yeah. it and explain anything that I didn't understand. And I was riveted by watching her transform into all these different personalities wow. that Sybil had. And I said, after the movie was over, I said, Mommy, that was amazing. I want to do that. Yeah
1: that's how, how it happens well, Some,
2: something like that has to influence you
1: well in Sally Field you couldn't have a better role model she's certainly versatile and a lot of fun and a good person to and she role still role is so, that yeah. way and yeah she really has
2: had a quite an extraordinary career yeah. because I think that most people would not have ever guessed that that was going to happen mm-hmm. you know, in television in those days it was you know you were a TV personality and you usually never transcended that place in, in the entertainment business but she certainly has absolutely yeah absolutely well that is awesome so it's come to that time, has it? It has indeed. And I, what time I
1: think, is that? We're, we're, we're going to go ahead and do something to these people. Do they look like they're scared yet, Michael? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's time for... And
3: now,
0: Embarrassing Moments. <laughs>
1: I tried to give them a menacing look, but I can't do it when they're all laughing. <laughs> Just no good at all. <laughs> all right, so you each have a
2: minute to, to talk about your most embarrassing, awkward
1: moment <laughs> <laughs> on
2: the theater stage, in a film, television. Miss Marie is
1: actually giggling right now. <laughs> she may explode. What do you Ashley. got for us, Ashley? Um,
3: I only have a minute, my goodness. <laughs> uh, well, it was when I was doing West Side at MTW a year ago. Um, my Tony at the time... He was very energetic on stage, and he would, uh, a lot of the times, just slam down the mannequins uh, in, in that scene with, uh, in the bridal shop scene with Maria and Tony, and the stage manager constantly told him, please do not do that, you're gonna break the mannequin. <laughs> and they didn't have any wheels or anything, they just stood on their legs, and uh, of course, it was sure enough to happen, during a matinee performance, he, it was mama, his mama, He grabbed the mannequin, and he slammed it down, and the leg broke off. I done broke Mama. (laughs) I don't know if it was so much embarrassing as hilarious, but he realized it. I realized it. We made eye contact and had to go through the entire scene with Mama on the ground. (laughs) And uh, what's supposed to be a very what turns into a very romantic, meaningful <laughs> scene did not that day because the audience was laughing. They were just cracking up they the were, whole time. And we, I broke, I laughed at him because he has to refer to Mama and he was on the ground <laughs> and he was talking to this <laughs> man Giving and Mama
1: CPR. And yeah, and then
3: he had to carry Mama back onto the set and oh. it just... Every moment was lost. But it was great because <laughs> everyone enjoyed it. So uh, yeah, we talked about that for days. <laughs> well audiences
2: like those kinds it makes it all so human and right, they love those kinds oh, of yeah. So yeah. they were with you.
1: Eddie, were you taking notes during that? Don't slam the mannequins down. Don't Ashley doesn't them. like it. <laughs> <laughs> so
4: I'll start slamming
1: the mannequins down. That's right. Now, If she ever, make it, if she ever steps on any of your lines, man, now you got to report. Do you have one that comes to mind, Eddie?
4: I do, I do. Uh, I'm, I'm taking it way back to high school for this one, everyone. Um, I was doing the time. Scarlet Pimpernel. <laughs> yeah, so the three years ago. <laughs> uh, and my mom will love I'm telling this story because this is one of her favorite stuff. <laughs>
1: so
4: so uh, I was playing Percy in the Scarlet Pimpernel in high school, and... Um, there was one scene where I had a quick change, and then I came out, and I was supposed to be in disguise and have this scene with Chauvelin, right. um, where I'm like, a hen- he thinks I'm a henchman of his or someone, an in- operative working on his behalf. And part of the costume was a little, little mustache that I would throw on when I when I ran off Which stage. Which always
1: works great in high school theater. Oh, it's always great. <laughs> really,
4: it had been working awesome until the usual person who prepped it for me, I guess, had detention, couldn't be right, right. <laughs> uh, and. Um, I come off stage, and they, they hand me the mustache, and it's wet. And I'm like, what? Uh, what, what happened here? Like, oh, I, I put the spirit gum on it, and it's fine. And I look. They had put spirit gum remover all over the oh, mustache. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> so now, and this is in the middle of a quick change, so we have about, I guess, 10 seconds to figure out what to do. Oh, I'll just put some spirit, game, spirit gum on top of it. It'll be fine. I'm like, oh, my God. So I put it on. I go out there, and it was the first... Hard P sound that I made.
0: I was like, but the pimpernel, and I did not. It went
4: flying. It probably went like five feet in the air, and then fluttered down, fluttered down literally onto my my shoulder. Oh, I was no. like, so this whole thing that could have ruined the scene, and luckily the guy playing Chauvelin kind of knew what was up immediately because he heard the audience dying. He's like, "This isn't normally a funny scene." So it became a scene about uh, uh, me trying a to get my mustache back on, and, and he turned around and looked at me, and I'd be like, right. "You know, trying to fix it and be crooked." And what I'd is this
1: like, caterpillar like, doing on yeah. my? shoulder, sir. <laughs> so,
4: that's one of the, that's one of my favorites, you know, turning wow. an emergency into, you know, a positive is always, is always fun. Yeah.
0: When you a <laughs> chance to do that. All right, Dave, that. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see here. Um, I, I wish that mine were as, as humorous as, as... You never to had
1: to wear a fake mustache that went flying I'm into the not air? I not have to do that. Not yet. No. Right. <laughs> it's common.
0: No, um, no, mine is more embarrassing than that, and it was uh, the uh, second time that I did Dolores at Candlelight um, uh, Dinner Theater and um, second number of the show, um, and you have to understand that with it being dinner theater, that the first row of tables are actually right up against the stage so I'm standing (laughs) over people as I'm performing this number Um, I must have jostled just a little too much in my very revealing uh, opening costume (laughs) and as a result uh, my right breast decided it wanted to make (laughs) its own debut ticket prices (laughs) skyrocketed And it was uh, a moment of, as I'm singing, that I look down and realize, yep, yeah, it's it, <laughs> and, and
1: looking good. <laughs> and
0: trying to just make it work in the, in the in the scene and keep singing and try to cover it with some wig hair because it wasn't going back in. Um, so oh. that, was, that was that. It was fun. Wow. And that was they,
1: certainly worth the prize of admission.
0: <laughs>
1: and that was the show they were filming, ladies and gentlemen. So, oh, my goodness. They got wow. dessert early. They got it. You get extra points for nudity on this show, so well done. Well done. Holy cow. Those are three top notch stories. Very this time, much. Oh, my goodness. I we like have all seasoned of those, performers yeah. here. Well we should take a minute here and tell everybody about the shows we've been talking about here today. Give yep. you information on how to go see these one more time. First of all, West Side Story at the La Mirada Theater produced by McCoy Rigby Entertainment. Uh, it's running now April twenty first through May fourteenth. And Sister Act, of course, at Cabrillo Music
2: Theater at the Fred Cavalier Theater, which is a part of the Thousand Oaks Civic Arts Center in beautiful Thousand Oaks. And uh, it's a gorgeous experience just to go there. So this is uh, the 21st of April, which is passed, of course, through the 30th, which is coming up really quick. So uh, get out there and call for the tickets at 805 7453000 or 8054978613 but do it now don't hesitate because the show is selling like like hotcakes, yeah. so right? Get out there! No kidding.
1: So you want to support uh, Cabrillo and of course McCoy Rigby at La Morada. they do great work, and these are consistently great theater producers who really know how to put on a great show. Likewise, Center Theater Group is hosting a special event um, for their great show, which is up and running now. Mm-hmm. Into the Woods, Into the Woods. Uh, and this really is an amazing production. It's done minimalistically. Uh, the cast is great across the board, and the set is a lot of fun. Uh, when you go to see this production, you're going to see what Into the Woods really ought to be. That. Can be said about a lot of things. We'd encourage you to go to Breakdown breakdown Services and obviously Performing Arts Live. Find out more about what's going on near you and support the live arts.
2: We can't thank you enough all three of you for joining us. You'll come back, will you? You're welcome anytime. Next time time you're in a show,
1: let us know and obviously give our best to all your friends who are in the show that that are friends of State of the Arts. We greatly appreciate you guys coming to talk to us today. Break legs, have a good time. Thank you. Michael, when will I see you? And Andrew, when, uh, it's always a pleasure working with you. You know that. You when too, will you
2: see me next on the radio?
1: You're listening to State of the Arts with Michael Sterling and Andrew David James. Only on L.A. Talk Radio.